Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, so we're, I mean, we're talking about uh, today on the podcast, we're, we're hoping to talk about, Richard has a, a, a CD that's being released, or a, a record, I don't even know what to call it in 2021, but it's a, it's a new, brand new collection of uh, 12, 12 songs? 13 songs. 13 songs, 13 songs. Um, so if that's not a record, I don't know what is, but uh, we're, you know, we've been working a lot on getting that prepped and out for you and and you've been working like crazy in terms of i mean you put all that together and um and just like you know seeing it all come together has been an amazing thing but i i often like you know as we're talking about like in early sobriety not you know it's it would be weird if you knew <laughs> where, where your life where is you're going be. yeah yeah i think um i think you kind of i, I love that you're releasing this and this is happening because it, it kind of proves that at any age you can have that kind of wonder and that kind of like, I, you know, no one should really be set in terms of what their life should look like at any given time. Like, I think you putting this out in the world was almost just like you just followed your intuition and you followed, you know, some voice in you that was like, you know, hey, just keep saying yes and keep moving and stuff. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that? Yeah, like? I mean, I, I, you know, it's it's wound up being really powerful for me, too, because I. uh you know, this is my fourth CD, and fourth record, whatever. And um, I've, you know, I've typically been re releasing one like every what ten years or something like that. I get, which is kind of odd. It's not really, you know. And and I think you know when you see that, it's there's not really an agenda to it. It's just you know material that I've written that I that I've fallen in love with, and I. I have fallen in love with the with the writing process and singing and putting music together and sharing it with people and it was a, a big piece of of my recovery and uh, there was a period in my life where I had stars in my eyes thinking, you know, that it would look a certain way and um, I've been able to let go of a lot of that. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't like something to happen, but. I think the key for me is is that um I you know I've I've stopped trying to create what I think needs to happen in my life. Um I've I've just kind of allowed it to happen and like what you said just just said yes. And um and and you know this podcast is part of that, the record is part of that. Um uh, I I got some re relationship stuff going on today that is I'm, it's the same thing I don't know it you know everybody else would have an, a different opinion and I, I'm just doing my own thing and because um, it's really easy to get to to pull back and and listen to other people's opinions and kind of retreat 
from doing that. And for me, I don't know. I don't want to look back on my life and, and wish I had done something that I didn't do. And um, and this is one of them. This is a big one. This, this record coming out today is is a really big big piece of that because i i was you know i've i've held on to stuff because i didn't think why bother you know nothing's going to happen but what's happened for me is it's really opened me up it's not about anybody listening to it or hearing it i, I think that's great if they do and i would encourage people to go check it out and listen we're all over the streaming services but it's really more about me and uh and having having a voice and I go back and listen to the lyrics um, on those songs, many of them that were written years ago and uh, they, they still hold really true today. I mean, almost none of them are not relatable. I mean, they're all, they all reflect, you know, my own self-expression. And I think they're uh, a lot of them are a reflection of, of some of the stuff going on in the world today and the way we see things. And it's interesting to look back on songs that were written. Some of those songs were written many, many years ago and uh, at, at a really different time in my life, a different time in the world, but they, they kind of, they kind of hold up. And so in terms of that, I think, yeah, our, our own self-expression, putting, our creativity out there and having it be available to the world, whether they like it or they don't like it, it's it's really about letting a piece of us be out there. Well, it's it's honoring it's honoring yourself too mm -hmm. by by putting this out in the world. It's saying to that that best part of yourself that was the, writing those songs mm -hmm. and 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 recording those and putting those out. I think I like I I thought about this this morning. Um, I journal like every day, and it's it's a part of my rhythm. Mm -hmm. It's a part of my prayer. It's a part of my meditation. It's a part of everything. And uh, and I look back every so often, especially because I've been doing this now for like almost two years, but I'll look back now, um, like l last year around this time, life was really tumultuous and it's just fun to like, look back almost exactly a year. And I'll look back and there'll be these, like, there'll be these promises to myself, right? Like I, I've, I've read a couple in the last week that have really struck me where it, it's been, you know, me wrestling with, uh, my own demons and my own sobriety and, and looking back and there are these promises like this is it and writing it out and saying I'll never drink you know like all that and then you can look like three pages later and it's like I drank again you know mm -hmm. <laughs> so like there's this there's this big you know up and down but I do think like when I was writing those promises when I was writing those those very significant things to me in those moments, they weren't less true because now I can look back and look at that person who was writing that and say like, yeah, that, that part of myself was true. It's just that I, I didn't know what I didn't know yet. And, and or I, I, I needed to know <laughs> what I didn't know, but I didn't know it. And so it just kept going. But those parts of me that had written that down, like by living my life like this and by continuing to write and by continuing to journal and stuff, I'm honoring that best part of myself, which right. I think is really important. The more I honor that, the more I become that best part of myself. And I think that's exactly what that music Exactly. looks like for you exactly. it's just it, it, yeah. it's it's funny because i i listen go back and listen to those songs and i and i maybe it's a little bit self-indulgent but i've been kind of going back and listening to all my music and just you know kind of listening to it with a critical ear and kind of 
allowing it to document my life in some ways, you know, and how I was feeling and what I've gone through. And, um, yeah, at the time I, I, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I'm still that human being. I may not have done it perfectly, but it's, there's, I can hear loneliness in there. I can hear some of the frustration that I was going through early on in my recovery, because a lot of those, almost um, all those songs, I never wrote a song before I got sober. Um, every, every song that I ever wrote happened after I'd been sober. Um, I tried to write songs when I wasn't sober and I never completed anything. I never finished a whole song. I never finished a whole lyric. I could never figure out how to put that crap together, you know, but it was only after I was sober. And I think, I don't, I think, I think I was like three or four years sober before I wrote my first song. And I, uh, I, I talk about it a lot. I, 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 uh, I was a drummer in, in the band that I played with for like 25 years. I always played drums in bands and I was the only guy in the band that didn't write songs. I was the only guy in the band that didn't sing. And when I got sober, I knew I couldn't be, I couldn't play in bar bands. It was, I, it was just something I no, and it, knew and, and inherently that, that it wasn't going to work out. Yeah, because I, I grew up in that world too. So that and, and for people who don't understand what that feels like, like, when you're playing in bar bands, which are bar bands, like there's a reason they're called that. It's like you're almost you're you're paid in alcohol most of the time, and then and and it's just a given. Like you show up, and there's a drink put in your hand, and you're just you know you're going. I mean, and and it's not. I think what's really crazy about alcohol when it comes to this stuff is that for a drummer or for someone that this is what you do, people would always come up to me and be like, how did you, because I would, you know, I'd be hammered the night before. And then I play like a huge gig in the morning or something when I was doing this in churches and everything, people are like, how did you rally? And it's, it's not a fair skill set because it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Be, <laughs> you could be trashed and yet you could still have Make this it, great performance. And so it, it exactly. gives you this weird sense of false, um, control because you think like wow this isn't out of control i, I so got it together I'm fine. i can still play exactly the drums, right? my yeah, my yeah. life is a shit show but i can totally. still play drums okay and, and it, it's so funny because that was that was my thing you know i would i'd wake up with a horrible hangover the next day and barely crawl out of bed and and i i would literally have to start drinking in order to go play the gig you know and uh but i remember when i first got sober um I was so afraid that I would drink again because I, I, that was how I made my living. And so I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I had to figure something else out. And so for my first year, I was, you know, I was having to go back into bar bands. And I remember, you know, some, some guys in the, in the bands that we, the bars that we used to play went in were kind of, they were rough, you know, and people would come up and say, Oh, I bought you or, a shot of whiskey and it's like what you're not going to drink it i'm going to kick your ass you know what i mean and and i remember i remember taking off out, out the back door in the alley and just sitting behind the dumpster and kind of hiding you know because i was so afraid that people that I, I i couldn't say no or that people would chase me down wanting to pour a drink down my mouth and they literally would i mean it's like and so you know these these songs came out of that um, that difficult, challenging period for me because I was I couldn't let go of music because it was so important to me. I'd always wanted to play music since I was four years old, and and so these songs uh, grew out of that period in my life where I was trying to figure out how to keep music in my life. 
and um because i had i felt like i i felt like i had to and so um i committed myself to writing a song a month you know and i um my my promise to myself was that i would write all the lyrics all the chords it would be typed up on a piece of paper with a sheet protector in a binder and I and though I used those songs to practice singing and to practice playing guitar, and I gave myself permission to let those songs be terrible. Um, that's would do. I mean, speak to that a little. I hate to cut you off there, but yeah. I think that that's a really important kind of key thing. Not because the songs aren't terrible, <laughs> but like what 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 was it about well, because, that that freed you to be able to like? Was that yeah? It what, was, what was because the thought it was. Process I, I was surrounded by people and you know i grew up in an environment where everybody i grew up in the central valley of california and everybody that was in my circle of friends was in a band and they were all songwriters and they were all singers and i was the drummer for everybody and and that happened for years and so it was really difficult for me to write songs and not compare myself to some of the other great writers that I was around who I had a, a great deal of respect for. And so I really felt like the, you know, I was, I was my, my gift to the music community was my playing drums. And I really never felt like, you know, oh, these guys have been writing for years and they were really good. And they'd had, you know, songs cut by some great artists and a lot of people were having great success with their writing. And, so it was really hard for me. And so I, I remember that first song I wrote, um, I just said, you know, it's going to go how I don't, I don't care how it is. I don't give a shit what it looks like. I'm just going to start writing. I have to because I, I really felt like I would not. I, first of all, I felt like I couldn't stay sober if I didn't keep doing music. And I on some level, I felt like I couldn't live. I couldn't go on if I didn't have that form of expression for me. Well, and I think I think the pivot in there is the is the most important part. And I I I, I love I love this because I I think I've had this theory about drummers for a very long time <laughs> that like you're everyone in the music world like everyone is looking for a good drummer. Like if you're if you're a drummer, you're going to work right, and that's kind of the the saying. But the the cool part about that is also as a drummer, you were around all these writers. No one gets closer to the writers than the so you were able to just kind of sit there and watch the whole process like a whole bunch and i think that's that's really key it's like that's part of the creative thing is not like you know taking classes and and lessons and stuff it's almost it's just osmosis it's just like being thrown in the deep end of the pool and going like oh i i think i can swim but and it's only because like oh i've i've been watching other people swim for years and now it works like when i was playing music in churches I was always wanting to speak, but like I didn't have that. I thought I didn't have that skill set. So I was just playing music, but I was always as close as I could get to the preacher. And because of that, I played in all of these different churches and was just watching all of these amazing speakers. And as a result, like when I got up there, I realized I was like, oh, wow, I have this really crazy window into this because I was sitting behind them the whole time, you know, and that's a drummer is the same thing with that. It's the that same thing. And, thing. I, yeah. and I started to realize that, um, that what happened for me as a drummer was I was interpreting other people's songs in a way, you know, I was, I, how they, how did they start? How did they end? 
what were the breaks like, what was the tempo like, what was the groove, and all that stuff really. And if you listen to my music today, and uh, I've been going back and kind of listening to that, and it's like it's all about the groove. It's all about there. Uh, there's a, a very wide variety of different grooves, different flavors, a little bit of reggae, a little bit of a little bit of you know bluegrass, a little bit of rhythm and blues, a little bit of rock and roll, and it and so it really kind of flavored what I was able to bring to my songs, and uh, it it kept the variety up because because of my background as a drummer, I think. You know, and it, it it helped me to create the song structure that allowed me to to manufacture because it's it's one thing to go out and write a song. And it's like how I, I've written this song. I have the chords. I have the vocal lines. I have the melody, the bridge and the verses and all that kind of stuff. How do I make it a reggae tune? How do I make it a reggae tune? Well, that's going to come from that's going to come from the rhythm structure, you know, and the tempo. And it's going to come from. Uh, being high energy or low energy or laid back. And a lot of times a songwriter, it's it's difficult to kind of be able to bring that and, and convey that to the band members in a way. And I think coming from a drummer perspective, it's uh, a, lo a lot of other people, it, it, there's a really close symbiosis that happens between songwriting and 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 that kind of the the groove and the tempo and the breaks and the so forth. What a what a picture too of just like like what good spirituality looks like too. Because I I think mm -hmm. there's there's no there's nothing like music in the entire world that can show you what the spiritual life looks like in in the most experiential way than than music can it just it it because it is so spiritual like it just works on a different level like every every wisdom tradition incorporates music in some way every spiritual tradition does every religion that like it's it's just it's it's we're soaked in it and it's because it's such a beautiful metaphor for like what like what you just said is like the whole time all i could think of is like you know you could you could be living in this song right like the songwriters brought this song and then but like oh i need it to be a reggae tune that's not that's not in the lyrics job it's not in the it's not in the melody's job it's in the groove and that groove is like a rhythm so it's almost like mm -hmm. you're able to shift your uh, you could shift the entire song so in a sense you could shift your entire life right. by like figuring out what the rhythms are in your life like maybe it's not what you like you think you need to change the melody or your lyrics which could be like i need to fundamentally shift everything about my life no you might just need yeah. to shift your rhythms meaning yeah. like slow I, just, I need to get up at a different time or i might need to or slow it down a little bit slow, here right you know, right exactly and i think to me i think um I, and I love it that you brought that up because I think there's a huge relationship to the the spiritual life that I've gravitated to and the music. Um, I, I don't think they're separate, and I think, um, and I think that's one of the reasons that you and I've connected. Um, and hang on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, because Josh and I are probably going to be doing some co-writing together and be doing. Uh, some stuff together musically. Um, not only the podcast, we've got we've got books coming out. We've got an app that we're looking at. We got all kinds of stuff, and this is the creative stuff. Exactly, and and for for both Richard and I, I think that the big thing that we linked into early on was, you know, oh wow, creativity is a huge huge part of this. Like in terms of living 
a a life that you want to show up for, which is a big mm-hmm. thing Richard will always kind of hammer into the people that are doing spiritual uh, coaching with him. But like mm-hmm. for for me, the life I want to show up for has to be creative. And I think for all of us in some fundamental level, it has to be creative. Like everyone is creative no matter what you are doing, whether you're balancing a spreadsheet, which takes immense amounts of creativity or, or, you know, you're an artist, you're a painter, which is really like kind of the the basic, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yes, those are creative, but everything is creative. Everything. Exactly. A bus, being a bus driver is creative. And it's so to live something meaningful, it's, it's like always be stretching yourself in creative ways and starting new things and, and doing things that that's, what's going to keep it so powerful. Up. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, create a life that you want to keep showing up for. You can be creative in the way that you take a shower this morning and the way that you do your laundry or wash your car. I mean, there it's, it's an attitude. It's an outlook. It's not anything that's solid. It's a perspective. And when we're creating a life that we want to show up for, that happens in every minute. It's not about creating a piece of music. It's not about creating a piece of art. It's about making art in your life. It's about making your life artful. And and that's what happens. Like Josh and I were together yesterday, and we we started talking about you know all the projects that we have going forward. And that's what you know. Whenever Josh and I spend thirty minutes together, we've got like. 15 new projects we want to start working on. It's so exciting. It it really is. It, it it if we didn't have to show up and do some of the work we have to which I love, which I'm grateful for. I really am grateful for, but my, you know, the there's so much that we want to you know reach out to people with that we're well, excited about. And it's all connected, right? Like I think I think how you do one thing is how you do everything. So in terms of like your you know, both of us work in, in different fields and different jobs, you know, we, we do things, but all that's immensely creative too. But it, um, we take that into like the other realms of our life. And I think that's, what's important. Like when people, this is something I never did, but like when you play sports or something too, you're those disciplines you're taking from like the field to the boardroom or to where, you know, like they, they transfer, everything is universal. So like, when you're pouring into something, it really does it. It helps kind of shape what's going on in every aspect of your life. Exactly. Like one and thing. Yeah. There's there nobody that can't bring a sense of creativity into their life. It's available to everyone. Like Josh said, it just takes it just requires discipline. It just requires setting some parameters. I know when I'm doing individual work with people, sometimes, you know, people come into my office and they go, I always wanted to be a writer, but I just can't write. I just, I'm blocked. And, and, and I go, okay, that's kind of bullshit. And, you know, and I, and I, I'll say, here's a pad of paper. I'm going to put the timer on for 15 minutes. Just write whatever comes. And at the end of it, um, they, they go, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be anything magical. Um, and, and I, at the end of it, they go, they go, oh, okay, well, and I go, okay, so now when you put your head on the pillow tonight, you can tell yourself you've done some writing. Writers write. Writers write. It, it doesn't matter what you write. It matters that you write. And, the, and that's, the key, that's the key here because we're so judgmental about it not being anything that's of value um, or anything that's purposeful. It's funny. I, I met with a client, um, a couple of days ago and they were, 
getting ready to leave treatment. And, um, and I asked them, and so what was the most important, um, bit of work that you and I did? You know, if you look back on the work that we did and they looked at me and they go, it's the day that I was really mad and I came into your office and I didn't know what to do with my anger. And you gave me a pad of paper and you put the timer on for 20 minutes and I got mad at the piece of paper and I read that to you and it was all obscenities and this and screw that I just I don't want to get too graphic on our podcast but I mean but it was it was it was just all like oh fuck that you know all just it's just crazy and he said that was one of the most healing things that I've never really thought that that would make a difference for me he said it was just it was it gave me um a, a form of expression that I never really realized how I could benefit from it it just I didn't have to express it to another person. I just had to express it. You know, the great, one of my favorite author, authors is a guy by the name of Jeff Foster. Um, his book is the a great book. If you ever are thinking about getting a book to read, he, he talks about the deepest acceptance. And um, he talks about um, depression. And he, he's, he says that one of the, one of the healthiest ways to deal with, that one of the healthiest solutions to depression is expression, depression, expression. And it's all, it's always resonated with me because that was really a, a healing tool for me and my writing, the lyric writing, many of the songs on this CD, you know, manifest that. And I'm sure many of the songs that you've written, Josh, are probably the same way. And you, you could probably go talk to any number of poets and, uh, and journal writers, and it doesn't make a difference. And you know, you look at Jackson Pollock. You know that you know he transferred his emotions through a unique form of art. You know mm. that was, it's just really powerful. It is powerful, and it. You, I love that expression versus depression thing because I really think that a lot of us lose lose our outlets to express ourselves, which is so sad. I mean, because if you look at like a you know, my, my wife, Chelsea is a, um, a kindergarten teacher. And if you look at the way that like their day is structured within a kindergarten, a kindergartner's day, there's, there's real learning that has to happen. Right. So there's like learning your letters and learning the, like all that. Well, actually she's going to, she'll, she'll like hit me if I say that on the air, like they're, they're already supposed to know that now in kindergarten. <laughs> She'd be like, well, now we're doing that. And I was like, when I was in kindergarten, I was just figuring out Play-Doh. Uh, but like, so like in that day, they're, they're dealing with a lot of like the stuff that they have to do. Right. But, but in that, like, it'd be crazy if a school went to a kindergarten teacher and said like, Hey, by the way, like we're cutting all art, music, um, playtime, uh, theater, all of it. Like we're, we're, they're not allowed to do that in class. They just need to like get done what they need to get done. Uh, and, and our lives go from looking like like something that allows for so much creativity and it and fosters so much to like, you know, you really like to kind of that depressing version of kindergarten, which is like, no, you just, you just get done what you need to get done. That's it. Right. Like, and really that's kind of, as we grow older, that's the narrative that we get 
pushed on. And I think it's especially unique in a city like Los Angeles where we live, where like, it's almost like, um, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of creativity around, but there's a feeling of like, you could, you're only creative like if you get paid for it. Right. Like, so there's why do something if you're not, if it's not something that you have to do right to get paid. And I, I, I think that that's a big deal. And in our lives, like, they have to be structured in a way where there's room for fun and play and rest and creativity and and I think and I think this things. comes back to you know the values work you know in in a lot of ways because um, that creative self expression however it's manifested whether it's in gardening or or decorating your room or or paint or whether it is like painting it doesn't make a difference unless we are allowed to have some kind of creative expression that makes us get that gives us a sense of self which the values do um we're we're not going to have a sense of self and when we lose that sense of self um we're in dangerous territory because because we have no idea who we are um and and so i think you know when we're out there in the working world and um if if we're using our what we earn our money at to give us value and that's the only thing and i see this over and over again with people that come into my office if that's the only thing that gives you value very often that can be really precarious it's it's because it's not really up to you um one one it's really a recipe for burnout because you really don't have control over whether you're going to be told tomorrow that you don't have value um that could change in in a heartbeat and so our work is to keep creating something on our own whether it's through hobbies or um any kind of expression that we have that gives us a sense of who we are did we lose you oh but those it's that it's that's you know again i would come home i would come home from my job at the bank after i got a job at the bank and i would come home from my job at the bank which i really hated <laughs> i really really hated i was doing foreclosures on people and it was d very demeaning when i was no longer playing in, in the band and i would come home and i would pick up my guitar and write and it made it all it made it okay it made it okay because i had yeah, I I wasn't placing all of who I was on the work that I did during the day. I knew I needed to do the work I needed to do because I had to get paid. I had to pay the rent and and pay my bills. But I had something else that was I had I had like a secret in my pocket. You That's know? it. When you you had a you had a space in your life that still allowed for awe and wonder, and I think that that really that's the thing. Like you, you uh, I got the amazing chance one time to go like sit with Richard Rohr and uh, for this like weekend thing and go hang out with him. And, um, and one of the only key things I took from that experience was he, and he said it offhanded. It wasn't like a, it wasn't in one of his lectures or anything, but someone was talking about, um, having a, they were, they were about to have a child. And, um, at this weird point in my life, we, Chelsea and I were about to have a child, which didn't come to fruition, but, um, I was paying really close attention to what he said. And he said that like in your, uh, when it like the only thing that a child is going to grab from their parents is not like the lessons that they teach them or like you know their their stern attitude or anything like that it's it's what they're literally in awe about that's what a child takes from a parent and 
it's true like that's what we pass down and that's what we transfer to others what we're in awe over is exactly what others are going to pick up from us and so if it's just all work all the time this is why parties are so boring like when you go to like a, a party or a function you're talking with someone and they're just talking about like yeah well we you know bought the new house and we got the new job and you're just kind of like really that's what brings you yeah awe I, and wonder like yeah. i want to talk about like <laughs> what's yeah what's what's really going on in your life what's, what's getting, getting you, you excited you right know? and that's and that's really up to us it's not up to anybody else it's us it's up to us to bring excitement into our life um, even in the mundane, you know, 